Today, we're talking with Nicole Barham, founder of Design Your Wealth and creator of 5-Minute Bookkeeper. Nicole had a lot to share with us about her journey, from cultivating lessons across different life experiences to taking risks when you can see the value to yourself and others. I hope you'll find something here to support you on your journey as Nicole shares what she would tell herself from where she is today. Welcome to I'd Tell Myself, where we dive into the individual journeys people have taken to professional success and share some of the lessons that they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Danielle Frankel. I've long believed that there are many ways to learn the important lessons in life. And while some lessons are only gained through personal experience, others can be learned less painfully from those ahead of us on their own journey. I hope you'll find something here to support you as we ask these individuals what they tell themselves from where they now sit. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you, Nicole? How's it going? Hi, Daniel. Oh my gosh, so great to be here. Going great. Yes, I'm so glad we we managed to get coordinated and to have this conversation today. We'll dive in with a few fast facts, like always. So do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your work and what you do. Sure. So hello there. I am Nicole Barham. And I am a mom, a wife, and an entrepreneur. And I've been running my business for over, gosh, since 2009, I started my, I started in in being an entrepreneur. And uh, my most recent venture is Design Your Wealth, helping entrepreneurs, mostly women entrepreneurs, to manage their finances in just a few minutes a day. Doesn't have to be overwhelming. And I also created a tool called Five Minute Bookkeeper, which is what I use to show them how to do this finance stuff easily. Right. Um, I'm curious, you know, you work in in finance, right? And as an entrepreneur, is that sort of the vision that you always had growing up? Is this the kind of work that you wanted to do? Did you want to work for yourself? Did you want to be in finance or was it something different? It was definitely, you know how sometimes when you're growing up and you, well, when you're little and a family member, at this point, it was my grandmother. Um, and I tell this story often that, you know, she said to me, I don't know, randomly, I'm in the yard playing. Um, I grew up in Jamaica, in rural Jamaica. And so we're in the, I'm in the yard playing and she's doing something else. And she said, um, Nikki, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm just, you know, just, off the cuff, I said, oh, I want to be a lawyer. I guess everybody wanted to be a lawyer at the time, right? <laughs> and so I said, I wanted to be a lawyer. And she's like, no, do not be a lawyer. Lawyers are liars. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, my lawyer friends <laughs> and any lawyers listening. <laughs> that was just, that's what my grandma thing, thought at the time. And she said, you should be an accountant. And I don't know, it's just uh, maybe a seed that was planted it's something that I already love to do and um, in terms of numbers. And um, it, it just, I it, to, to, till today, I don't know if it's because she said that to me, why I became an accountant or because I had a natural tendency for numbers and wanted to, to be an accountant. So um, that's kind of the, how I started, how I got into this world of finance and accounting. It's yeah. Amazing. Grandmas have special. Yes. <laughs> some some kind of special magic power, regardless of which which one of those, whether she saw it or whether she planted it, like it's, it's a little special magic there. For sure. So did you, you know, I assume that you went through school, you did, you know, yeah. college or training in finance, specifically in finance? 
Yes. Yeah, so I did, um, went to high school in Jamaica as well. And the way that high schools are um, designed in Jamaica is that at a certain point during high school, you choose a path, right? If, whether it's sciences or business, et cetera. So I chose the business path. And so from what we would say in the United States is 10th grade, I kind of started on that journey, started to do basic accounting classes, business classes, and kind of, you know, went on to college to do um, an associate's degree in, in accounting. Now, I also started to work for the Jamaican government as an accountant or in their accounting department. And so that was kind of the beginning, right, of, you know, this accounting journey. Um, moved to the United States and then kind of veered off a little bit, but not too much. Um, I completed my, my first degree, my bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship and small business management, which is basically what I'm doing right now, <laughs> an entrepreneur with a small business. And that also involved finance and accounting and all of um, all of that interwoven in there. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my path for uh, over 11 years. And then I kind of veered off into more, um, more of the business entrepreneurship side. So it sounds like you knew pretty early on that you not only wanted to do finance, but you wanted to work for yourself. Oh, yeah. And that I definitely did not like, no, no. But because um, I think I think back about that, right? So my grandparents, same grandma, um, they owned a grocery shop. So it's like a little corner store um, in Jamaica. And they've, they owned that store for 60 years, right? So as a kid, I remember, so I used to visit them on holidays and I remember helping them to run their business, right? I was, you know, giving their people their groceries, taking money, doing change, you know, making change. So that definitely was subconscious because I really did not say, oh, I wanted to own my own business. Or I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And you have to understand that at that time, that was a lot of hard work for them, right? So entrepreneurship now, I do this online. I have a digital product. It's nothing compared to the way that they ran business, right? They woke up very early in the morning. They worked all day to make sure that they're serving their customers and they close at night and they, you know, get up the next day and do it, do it all over again. Yeah. So that wasn't attractive to me per se. And um, I don't, it wasn't for them either. Like at that point, they're like, you know, it, it's better to have this great job to, you know, go to college, get your education and then have that stable job. Right. Because this is hard work. Oh my gosh. So um, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur until much, much later when I was introduced to like different ways of becoming an entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, it seems like that was the seed that was planted for sure. Um, that kind of got me, got me to the point where I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So did all of that happen before you came for the degree in entrepreneurship or how did you decide to do that degree in particular? I didn't want to do an accounting degree. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's the next best thing that I could do? And so um, I did the degree and then that was like my decision. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this degree. I might as well, you know, start to think about um, what I want to do if I want to do something else. Um, at this point, I was working a job. I was working with American Express and, you know, it was pretty, you know, stable, that stable job that everybody tells you to get. And, um, but I still had that, and it was great, like great company to work for. And 
so, but I still had that little nudge, you know, that little thing happening where I want to do something else. I want to do something on the side. And so, you know, I think all of those, you know, different things culminated into me just wanting to do something else or do something for myself. Yeah. So you were at Amex and then how did you sort of spin out from there? What did that look like? Oh my goodness. So this is, I'm sorry that I said Amex because now I'm going to tell you a story that's not nice <laughs> and they're going to know it's them. But anyway, whatever, we're just having a conversation, right? So I started like most entrepreneurs, I started in network marketing, right? And so while at Amex, I was introduced to a network marketing co marketing company. And that company is, they're actually still around, amazing natural products that they sold. Um, and because they the products were, were made from a tropical fruit, and I'm from Jamaica, and we like grew up rural, it, everything was like farm to table. We didn't know it was called that then, but you know, like we grew what we ate. <laughs> and so I was very, um, I'm like, oh my gosh, a, a natural product. So I joined the company, did really well, really quickly. And it kind of felt like, oh, I love this, you know? Um, and so did that on the side for a few years and then continued to work with American Express. And then I moved to Florida and then, you know, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to continue to do, to be in this company. I don't know if I want to continue to do network marketing. Um, although I gained some amazing skills like prospecting and selling and, you know, all and uh, personal development. I, that's where my personal development journey started. And um, I know a lot of people not network marketing in the industry, but it's um, for me, it was really amazing um, to kind of build that foundation, right? So I'm at American Express. I moved to Florida because now we had, I was pregnant with Brandon. Um, so this was 12 years ago. And I moved to Florida and then started, that's when I kind of started to pay attention to Facebook ads. And I'm like, I want to do something else. You know, I this is great, but I'm moving to Florida. I really don't know anyone. It's not New York and it's hard to, you know, how am I going to do this? So, so an ad came up in my feed about learning how to market online. Right. And so that's where my journey of, um, okay, this is great. At the time, the department I was working in did not have a great relationship with my manager you know what's so funny? Like when I was doing the, because American Express is very, you know, they're, they really want to promote from within, right? So I was promoted to a compensation analyst position. And when I was moving over there, my manager kind of said to me, good luck, because she had spoken to my potential manager and she didn't feel like she was a great manager, you know? So she was like, good luck with that. <laughs> And I, you know, I felt really bad. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm stepping out of this great relationship to go work for somebody who might not be a great fit. But anyway, long story short, it didn't work out. And they they wanted me to learn a lot of technology that I wasn't learning fast enough. And so I wasn't good at Excel. And the fact that 5-Minute Bookkeeper is built on an Excel platform is so ironic to me. And she literally just pushed me out. She literally was like, um, you know, it's not working out. They put me on a performance plan. And for me, I've always been a high achiever. So a performance plan was like getting an F in your, in your classes. Right. And so I was like, this is not for me. I'm leaving. And this 
online thing came up and I, I said to my husband, I think I'm going to focus on this for a little bit to see how it goes. Did extremely well, did really, really well and learn how to, you know, kind of convert my network marketing skills, selling skills to my online skills, learn how to write long form copy, learn how to write ads, learn how to do video, um, video ads. So um, I think a lot of people think I was shot out of a cannon because because of five minute bookkeeper. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I've been doing this work for a while. One of those 10 year overnight success stories, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how I, I started thinking about entrepreneurship. And I'm like, I could do this full time. And then after a while, was doing that really, really successful, built a whole six figure business around that. But I was not paying attention to my finances. Right. So this is how I got started on this journey to helping people with their finances. I was listening to an, uh, an, a podcast with Jay Shetty and um, I believe his name is Ed. I don't remember his last name, but he said that you're most qualified to help the people you used to be or the person you used to be. Right. And so I'm like, I, in this, I started my career in accounting. I was in finance. I, I was a numbers person, but I don't know what happened those few years, Danielle. I was just not paying attention to my finances. And so it got to the point where I literally ignore my finances for years and then ended up in a lot of financial debt, ended up filing bankruptcy and got to the point where we we're like, oh my, I'm like, oh my gosh, first of all, that was so embarrassing, right? Because you're thinking, you know, this is my jam. Like, I'm, it's not like I don't like this work or don't know how to do this work. Um, and I remember the day that I, I was in bankruptcy court and uh, my husband and I, bless his heart, like he was really supportive. He was really mad, but he was really supportive. And, um, you know, I was leaving that courthouse and I'm like, I, from today forward, I'm going to be a good steward of my money, you know? And I literally, that day came home and I got my spreadsheet out and I started to track every single penny that came in and out of our lives. And it was kind of necessary because we weren't working that much money. I had, you know, at this, this point gone back to a job. Um, we're not working that much money. So we kind of had to track it or otherwise we'd be like bouncing checks all over the place. And so started to do that. And then when we started to kind of build up our lives again, basically financially, um, I just continued to do it. So for years and years and years, I knew exactly what was coming in, exactly what was going out, when it was coming in and when it was going out and really kept our books like perfect, right? And then after a while, I'm like, you know what? When I used to do my taxes for my business, it was always a mad scramble at the tax time. I used to be downloading, um, you know, credit card statements, bank statements, trying to figure out, trying to get to my, and everything of, of course was commingled. So there were no like separate bank accounts. So, you know, the Wendy's charge was right next to the charge for the Kajabi or whatever it was, right? And uh, it was such a tedious task to do that, to go through and pull those numbers out. And I'm like, you know what? I can apply this to businesses, small businesses, because I know they are in the same boat as me and we're not doing the finances regularly, right? 
And so I started to literally, what I knew to do was be on Facebook and talk about, um, you know, are you an entrepreneur who always scrambles, waits until the tax deadline to get your or your finances organized and you're always scrambling? What if I show you how to do it in five minutes a day? And people were like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. And so kind of that's how Five Minute Bookkeeper was born. And my new company, right? Because at this point I was like, I'm done with entrepreneurship. I just want to work a job, <laughs> get that steady W-2 paycheck <laughs> and just not focus on it. But like less than a year or two later, I was back in the entrepreneurship, you know, and that's the thing too. Like it's when you, when you have, when you try to ignore your calling, like you cannot ignore your calling, right? You try to say, yeah, always knocking, always be like, hey, I'm still over here. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just do this on the side. And um, started to do that and having people reach out to me. And so that's when, that's how kind of Design Your Wealth started, where I started to help entrepreneurs with their own finances, because now I've discovered uh, the, the formula, the secret formula, right? That's, yeah, it's great. I mean, I hear what you're saying, especially in terms of, you know, learning from your own experience, finding tools that solve the problems that you have, recognizing that other people are suffering from the same things and maybe haven't found a solution yet, especially given yeah. that this was your, both your area of expertise and training and also something you've just been good at for a long time. I'm curious if, if you'd share with us a bit, you know, I, I always ask guests about mistakes, right? What's a big mistake that you've made where, you know, the, the result opened a new door or ultimately changed your path. And I'm curious, you know, the experience of going through bankruptcy, like you said, was, it was embarrassing given your, your area of expertise. How did you, how did you work through that piece of it? I mean, I get the sort of tangible things that you did in terms of taking charge of your money and making a plan. And clearly that worked out well for you. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know, you share your story pretty freely about what's happened. And I'm curious if there's anything you can share with us about how, even how you got to a point where you're comfortable sharing that piece. Okay, so obviously um, nobody wants to say they filed bankruptcy, right? And so I never used to talk about that. Even when I was talking about, I'll help you with your finances, I leaned more on, I, I have an accounting background. I've been doing this for years. I love numbers. And then I started to work with a life coach. And um, something that a lot of people might not know is that I've had a life coach and the same person right now that I'm working with longer than I've been in business full time. So um, she's a game changer, right? And she said to me on one of our calls, she said, you know that in order to connect with your, your um, audience, you have to talk about the bankruptcy, right? I'm like, oh my God, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. And, and, you know, so we kind of, you know, had that conversation about, and it's not about, um, you have to be, you have to reveal every detail, et cetera. But she said that you have to be transparent about your story and how you got here. And it's not because you had done accounting and finances and you're good at it. It's because you had made this huge mistake. You had overcome it. You have created a way to manage your finances that's, I don't see anyone else doing this, right? It's very simple, very easy. Um, and you can't just say, I did this because I have the background, because that's not why. It, and it, it's, and she said to me, it has to feel authentic to you. 
right? When you're saying that, does that feel authentic or do you feel like I'm leaving this big piece out, which is really the catalyst for creating this business, right? And oh my gosh, let me tell you, Daniel, I sat with that for maybe another year <laughs> before I was even, you know, comfortable enough to say, I filed bankruptcy and this is how we bounce back because we, you know, we kept track of, of all our finances, right? Um, so yeah, that was one of the um, huge mistakes. And it's so funny looking at it, back at it as a mistake because it's more like a lesson learned, right? Or because if I didn't make that mistake, then I probably would not have this business that I have today, right? So, um, but that was one of the, like a huge turning point for sure of, you know, this is something that in the moment felt so horrible, but I'm the kind of person who I don't sit with my emotions too long, especially when I want to get to the solution, right? Um, tell me you're a Virgo without telling me you're a Virgo. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, what do we do? Like we're doers, right? Okay. How do we fix this? Fixing everything. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to, you know, start, you know, getting all this stuff together. And um, definitely over the years, dealing with the emotional toll it, it takes as well, in terms of um, you're kind of stuck. Your credit is is a little bit of a mess for a few years. Um, you know, so that kind of, you know, weighs on you a little bit. Um, but that's been over eight years now. So we're um, on the up and up still it's still there still on our report but it's not um it's not as you know devastating as when it just got there it was not actually a, a universe ending experience contrary to how we sort of think about these things socially and yeah. culturally right yeah for sure yeah hey if you're enjoying the show, please make sure to subscribe and join our community at itellmyself.com for updates and info. That's itellmyself.com. Okay, back to the show. So you created 5-Minute Bookkeeper. You decided to share your story. You rolled out the tool itself and then Design Your Wealth, which is where you like actually walk people through it and provide some coaching and some services paired with it, right? Yes. And, you know, then you became an overnight success, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, 11 years in the making, but yes. <laughs> yeah. What has that been like? That has been, I have to tell you, it's it's been um, quite the experience. Like, it's hard to describe in words. First of all, was not expected at all. We did over a million dollars in sales over three and a half years. Wow. Before that, I was making side hustle money with my network marketing company. I had not made more than like a few thousand dollars a year with, with that business. Um, and I remember when I launched um, in June 2020 or July 2020, mm -hmm. by the end of the year, I had made $60,000, which is what I was working for the year at my nine to five job, right? So one year of salary in six months. Let me tell you, when that happens, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is mind blowing, <laughs> right? Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I, first of all, I, at some point, I wanted to become a full-time entrepreneur because, you know, I'm doing this on the side, I'll show people. Um, but in the meantime, my son, Brandon, 
was diagnosed with autism. And so that that's a whole different world for anybody who's who has a, ch a child or children with special needs. It changes everything, right? So now your life is filled with um, appointments and therapists and, you know, a lot of stuff, taking care of him and um, more than you would have with a, a, like a neurotypical child, right? And so we started to think about behavior therapy and that's many, many hours, especially when they're young. He was four when he was diagnosed. Especially when they're young, you have to get the therapies in really quickly and it's many, many hours. And I remembered we were, um, I my job, my day job was in Miami and it was a three hour round trip commute every single day. And then what would happen is we would come home and then Brandon would have therapy in the evening because there was nobody at home during the day. And um, sometimes when I would go pick him up at his um, school or a daycare, he would be sleeping, you know, um, he's tired all day. And then by the time he gets home, he's, you know, he just wants to relax. And now come these therapists and they're going to be here for two hours. And so I started to say, say to myself, if I could do this full time, right, if I could figure out a way to do this full time, earn 60000 a year, like my job, right, I could be home, I could take him to um, to school, I could drop him off, I could pick him up, he doesn't have to go to aftercare, and then his therapist could come to the home during the day instead of in the evenings, right, and so that's what I started to put in my, you know, my vision board, for want of a better word, right, and say, okay, and then I started to like start to think about, okay, this could actually be a re reality. And then I started to, you know, join different business groups and see what people are doing. And um, and so that was kind of the 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 why. My I call that my big why, my big reason why, because I was fine, you know, doing my nine to five, doing this on the side, everything was stable, right? Um but now this thing, you know, this happens, his diagnosis happens. And um, we're like, okay, this might be another venture into full-time entrepreneurship. My husband was not happy about that, <laughs> as you might, you know, might be able to imagine. And so um, I just really felt in my soul that this is what was best for him. And so I started to work towards that. So, you know, Fast forward, launched Five Minute Bookkeeper in June 2020, because now instead of working one-on-one -on -one with clients, I could create this tool that was so easy and I could sell as many as possible, right? One of my coaches had said, one of the best ways to build a million dollar business is to create something once and sell that one thing over and over without any additional effort. So that's what I did with 5-Minute Bookkeeper. I created the same template that I was using, the same spreadsheet systems I was using with my clients. I just packaged it so I, I could sell it so they could do it themselves. And they're like, you know, you've seen on these internet streets, Danielle, like people are raving about 5-Minute Bookkeeper, how easy their bookkeeping is, right? They are. And I, I will just share that, like, I have been following your journey for several years and people rave about 5-Minute Bookkeeper. Yes. just consistently year over year, which for me in the online spaces is a really important indicator about whether something is and or someone is legit about what they're doing, right? Are you, you know, consistently showing up as a human being? Is your messaging consistent? It, you know, regardless of sort of what you're, what you're selling, right? Are you a steady person in what you're doing and the product that you're providing? And 
people do seem to love your product year over year over year. <laughs> Absolutely. I just got back from a, um, from a conference in, in um, January. And when I woke up the next morning, I got a message from um, one of my very new clients. And she said, I started to put my stuff into five minute bookkeeper and oh my gosh, it's so easy. And I can see the financial health of my business. I'm loving it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to use that. I know McDonald's already stole it, but I could like get that I'm loving it <laughs> slogan <laughs> to be for five minute bookkeeper. Um, but yeah, that's it. And I, I'm like, there's no other tool. I'm sorry. There's no other bookkeeping tool that has anybody raving and saying, I'm loving it. So there's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I launched it and I said to my husband, I totally believe that this will replace my income and more. And so when I replaced the income in half a year, he was like, you know, kind of, mm -hmm, kind of like, mm, okay, let's see. Um, and so that was a little bit of a, um, you know, of a challenge because again, you're worried that the same thing is going to happen again because, you know, you started this business and we filed bankruptcy. I'm not, you know, going down that road again. And by the next year, we had a six figure quarter. So forget about the 60,000 we made the the six months that the year before we had a six figure quarter. And like, I didn't know how to feel. <laughs> We've never made this much money before. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, this, I guess this is now real. And it's one of those feelings where you're, it's like an out of body experience. Like you feel like it's not you, like you've never believed that you could even, you know, create this kind of income. And so it just went on and on from there. And I still feel regular, especially when my, my son kind of grounds me. Sometimes I'm on, I'm on, you know, I've been on Good Morning America. I've been on The Breakfast Club. and But then he will be like, mom, I need help in the bathroom. Children <laughs> are so great for helping yes. to keep us grounded and present in life at, at every stage. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, you're jet setting and you're going to these interviews where you're like, where he's like, hey, I need, I need help here. Um, so I feel like I feel the same. And I'm sure that a lot of people who get this um, thing put on them, like you, you're famous or you're, yeah, <laughs> or it's like, no, I'm you just made me. it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, no, I'm just me. And I just um, I'm so appreciative of my clients, of all the support um, of living this life where I dreamt of being home, yeah. um, dropping Brandon to school, picking him up at regular times, his therapist, we've had his therapist right now for over three years, which is very, um, rare yeah. in this community. It, um, and so we've had just such a, an amazing journey since I've had the flexibility to be home more, to make more money, by the way, right. Um, to, kind of pay for the therapies that are not covered by insurance. And so we've um, we've recently moved him to a private school because in where we live, the public schools just wasn't working for us. And so being able to do that, right? A fixed income was not going to do that. And being, you know, driving three hours round trip commute wasn't going to do that. So um, I feel like the freedom that his, it has given us, the, 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 um, choices you know the, the the way that we were able to make many many different choices 
it's beyond anything that I dreamed of. And uh, actually I did dream of it. And um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's incredible. You've, you've had this, it's, I mean, it's such an interesting journey and it's so inspiring because the truth is that, you know, I, I think a lot of people would have quit after that first tumble. Yes. Right? They wouldn't have been willing to take the risk again, yep. even not even to become an entrepreneur full-time again, but even to put a new product out there, right? To put your put yourself back on the line, to share any part of your story, right? But you've taken a number of risks. And as you said, right, when you have a calling, it sort of keeps coming for you. And yeah. you can only avoid it for so long. Yeah, and I, I see myself as risk averse, by the way. Like I'm not a, on you know, like a risk taker. I will, I'm like, okay, what's happening? Like, I want to always know what's happening. <laughs> Where are we going? What are we doing? Don't I mean, surprise me. To be fair, I think most people in finance would, well, a lot of people in finance would say that they're risk averse, but your lived experience would indicate otherwise. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm like, well, it, it seems like I'm not, but I'm not the kind of person who would, who, who takes a lot of risks, but I'm like, you know what? Maybe we're allowed like one. <laughs> one you get a one. couple. And clearly this one has worked out well for you. Yes, for sure. Which is awesome. I wonder if you'd share with us, you know, one of the things that I, I find in some of these conversations is that there's often a moment or a few moments in somebody's, you know, career or journey where somebody showed them a really unexpected kindness that just sort of reset the path or opened a door that they thought was closed or, you know, was really deeply meaningful in some way. Is there an example of that that you would share with us? Oh my goodness. I mean, there are so many instances of, I would say, kindness in my life, even before I was, and I don't know if I shared the story before. I don't know, Daniel, you're having a thing about having me share stories that I never shared before. <laughs> I love it. I love new stories. Let's, let's <laughs> by all means. Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, my mom was a teenage mom. And so when she got pregnant with me, um, she wasn't able to take care of me. Right. And so it was rural Jamaica. It was 1975. And I don't know if you know what that means, but it was like, really, we had a couple cars in the community there were no phones. Um, it was, you know, outhouses. Everything was rural. Like when you think about deep rural, that's where that was, right? Um, no jobs. So you couldn't be like, oh, let me just go get a job at the local Walmart or something, right? And so my mom, um, there was this lady, and I'm getting a little emotional, um, who used to take care of my mom. So she worked with my grandparents. My uh, mom and my uncles and aunts grew up with her. She took care of them. And, you know, they were like, okay, she has this baby. What are we going to do? She's so young. She can't take care. And so that lady became my mom for the first eight years of my life. She, I, I lived in the most loving household, Danielle. Like, I know that that was God. That was divine intervention. Um, and so... I was um, loved so well, right? She had her grown kids. Let me tell you something. When you're the baby of the family, <laughs> you're like the baby, right? And, and so I was taken care of. They made me feel like I could do anything. And I was a little one of those little kids that was really smart. I picked things up really quickly. 
So they would say, oh, she's so bright, right? And so they would enter me in everything. So I did drama and sports. And um, when I was little, I even met um, this TV personality, personality, like she came to be the one of the judges at the drama thing. And I remember I did like a like a um one of those poems. And you know, I the only thing I remember from the poem is that I ran across the street and I'm like, hooray, I'm safe on the other side. And she did some kind of um kind of coaching with me on the stage. I was like six years old, right? She did some coaching and she was like, you have to wait until you get to the other side and then you say hooray, right? Not while you're running across the street. So it was, um, it was pretty, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I met Faye Ellington. And now I saw her recently on the Bob Marley movie. So she was like a consultant on the movie. And I'm like, I met her when I was six. Anyway, so, um, so they, and I used to be like in all kinds of competitions and stuff. So they kind of, I feel like a lot of the things that happened in my life later on is really due to that upbringing that I, that I got, that foundation that they set where they literally made me do everything. Even when I'm like, I'm not good at this. <laughs> they made me, you know, they entered me in like all kinds of competitions and all kinds, I was on stage all the time. And so that was an amazing first um, eight years of my life, right? So that was like number one, that um, God wink, that coincidence, that's not really a coincidence. And then um, fast forward to when I was 17, I had completed high school. I had gone to sixth form in Jamaica. So sixth form is like your first year of college, right? But it's in high school um, and it's optional. So I I went and, um, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Because there was no natural progression from high school to um, college, like here, right? Um, and so there were two major colleges and I was 17. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that because... At this point, I really wanted to move out of my parents' home. I, I had gone to live with my mom by this time. And I'm like, um, and my my stepdad, and I was ready to leave. And so I went to my hairdresser's, you know, place. of, uh, And I don't know if I went to do my hair or just went by. And her sister was there. And she had just gotten back from London. She had worked for the Jamaican Foreign Service. And she had gone to London. She has been there for years, like a posting. She had been there for years. She just got back. And my hairdresser said to me, I know you're looking for a job. And my sister just got back. Let's see if there's any jobs at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And I'm like, oh, that would be great. And I, you know, I was like, Angie, do you, do you all have anything going on at, um, or actually she approached me. So maybe my hairdresser had mentioned to her, and she said, oh, give me your resume. This, first of all, I did not even have a resume. <laughs> I just finished high school. I'm like, yeah, so I ran home and I don't even know how I typed that resume up. I may have had a typewriter. <laughs> and so I, I did the, I got the resume um, done and she took it in. I got a phone call or I don't even know, I maybe a letter because we didn't have any phones, right? So maybe a letter to invite me for an interview went to the interview, got the job, right? So now at 17, I it was literally, I started on August 31st, 1993, I'm going to say. So like a few weeks before my 18th birthday and worked with the Jamaica Foreign Service for four years. And then they posted me to New York. 
And so that, you know, my hairdresser is like, oh, you're looking for a job. Oh, we might be hiring. And so that started my journey into working as the as an accountant and also the opportunity to, you know, travel, to live in a different country. Um, and yeah, so that was like number two for me. And then I would say number three is when I launched Five Minute Bookkeeper and, you know, joining the community that I joined, learning the things that I learned and using that, applying that, learn, do something once and get paid over and over again. That that one advice um, is what has taken Five Minute Bookkeeper to the where we are right now. Wow. That's some, that's some powerful stuff. It sounds yeah. like you had a lot of great people who loved you and poured into you and yes, uh, for sure. It sounds like their faith in you is well-placed. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So before we go, there's one question I always make sure to ask each of my uh, guests, which is, you know, if you could go back in time and give any version of yourself, some, some wisdom from where you are today, what would it be? What would you tell yourself? Oh, wow. Um, I would, I would probably say it's better than you imagined. I love that. Yeah. Because just thinking about, you know, my, especially the last few years of just, I just want to replace the salary so I can be home more to, oh my goodness, I'm building an actual like multiple six figure heading to a million dollar business. Yeah. Uh, never imagined anything close to this. Well, it sounds like it's made all kinds of amazing things possible for you and your family too. So that's wonderful. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. It's really been wonderful to hear about your journey. And uh, I look forward to watching you celebrate all the all the next rounds of big accomplishments that come through. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Daniel, for inviting me. This was, this was fun. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the show and found something to support you wherever you are on your own journey. Don't forget to subscribe where you listen to your podcasts and head over to itellmyself.com to sign up for updates. Until next time, take care.